Welcome to the Midman Podcast, a podcast focused on helping you level up your practice. I'm Jesse Arnoldson. And I'm Jay Holmes. Through interviews with some of the most successful leaders in the industry, we help uncover resources, tools, and ideas to help you level up. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's program. Hey, everyone. Jay here, and welcome back to another exciting episode on the Medman Podcast. Today, it's just going to be Jesse and myself, and we're going to dive into marketing. We're going to have a discussion kind of back and forth on some marketing tactics and some successes and failures that we've had through recent experiences with uh, trying to promote and build some practices. So with that, Jesse, welcome. Hey, Good Jay. To see hey, you. everybody. Good to hear you. Yeah, let's let's jump off, off this big cliff here of marketing and try to figure some stuff out and give our listeners a little bit of, uh, you know, just a roadmap of where we've been and what we've done well and some things maybe where we spend a little bit too much money on stuff. Right. So marketing, let's just go over, Jesse, what's marketing mean to you in the context of a, of a clinic? Yeah, you know, um, hard to nail it down to, to a single thing. So maybe I'll try and go with uh, just a couple. You know, marketing for me is mainly the business development arm of the business. Like it's how, what, what do I do to help bring more patients, customers, clients to our medical practice? You know, what, what activities can I influence to, to cause a, an increase in, in patient volume? And that's, it's such, uh, I feel like kind of a, a mystery. It's, it's really hard for most people to grasp the concept of, you know, I'm going to pull these 10 levers and maybe one or two of them are going to have an influence and I'm not going to know for sure which one it was or how, how, many, how much it helped, but I know that something's helped. So I'm going to just keep plugging away at it and experimenting and trying different techniques. So to answer your original question, I think it is the activities that I or, or our team can participate in that, that improve either reputation or bring more patients in the door. Yeah. And let's jump into kind of different forms of that. And I'll just kind of throw one off here. Worked with a, a women's health clinic um, a while ago, and and they just dumped money into radio ads. And right. it was interesting, you know, and, and of course, the radio ad salesperson says, hey, you know, this is a six month investment, maybe even 12. So don't get your hopes up until six plus months. And it was, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's an awesome way to say that, you know, this isn't really going to be too effective. And, yeah. you know, it, I, I'd say it was a waste of money, because the spend was three, four grand a month. Oh, boy. And just the number of the number of people coming in the door, just didn't didn't ever catch up to that. So it was about a year, year and a half, fifty, sixty thousand dollars, and we couldn't justify, you know, that many new patients from just another layer of hearing about the practice. I wonder, you know, maybe you and I can kind of put some bullet points together here on how to avoid bad marketing decisions, right? Like, what are the the guardrails you can put in place to make sure that you don't fall into that and and spend forty k, fifty k on on a bad path. So, so think about that. I'll list, I'll list a couple and then let's see what you think. But first, I, one of my guardrails, one of my marketing parameters is that it needs to match my target market. I have to have this person in mind, a very specific person and that represents the person I want to see in the clinic the most. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that that's, you know, I'm going to restrict 
access or appointments to other patients or that I'm going to start cutting back on how many Medicaid patients I take. It doesn't, it doesn't mean that I'm restricting, but if I'm going to spend time, money, and effort on somebody, I need to have in mind exactly who that is. And so, you know, in working in pediatrics, my target market isn't necessarily my target patient. It's the parent, right? And so I'm typically looking for the decision maker in the home, typically the mother between the ages of 25 and 44 who live two, within two miles of our clinic and a household income of at least 80,000. And you know, with these parameters, that helps me be disciplined and careful in where I spend my money. Because I'm thinking about, okay, where is that 30-year-old mother with three kids who lives off of Linda and McMillan? Where is she? Is she on the radio a whole lot or is she more on social media? Is she more, you know, does she actually pay attention to the stuff that comes in the mail? That's one parameter that helps keep our marketing activities a little bit out of, out of those dangerous areas that could land you in with a big bill and, and not a lot of benefit. I don't know. What about you? What, what, what are some other areas where people can put some guardrails in to, to avoid bad marketing decisions? Yeah. And before we do, let's double click on that just kind of yeah. topic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about patient persona, you know, this avatar that you build, right? And, and it's crucial, you know, any, any other industries, you know, putting forth a strong quality marketing campaign, you always start with that. What, right. you know, can you put yourself and your customers, your patient shoes, and then that's going to then filter everything you do. And it's Absolutely. not about, you know, it's not about that marketing is so much more it's precision rather than you know it's certainly quality versus quantity mm-hmm. it, because you need to have that person that you're trying to speak to feel like you're talking specifically to them because we're so distracted and what happens is if we don't get so granular and say yeah it's a mother 30 three kids maybe she stays at home and takes care of these kids and so she's going to open up the mail and this is maybe what she'll see and this is how she'll respond this is how she's feeling all day long this is how she feels when she can't you know just get a child to the doctors to get seen because of these things that happen in the day and more you understand that the easier it is to talk to that specific mom and if you can think about that then all of a sudden that specific mom feels connected to you that you know her. But if you say, hey, we like every baby and every child and come on down, that doesn't speak to anybody. You know, no, that, that just certainly turns people off. And so there's plenty of wasted dollars there. So back to this women's health clinic, just because it's a great case study here. It's interesting to think about that in a such a, a personal industry that we're in, which is the care of people, and we don't spend enough time thinking about the flow of a patient in the interaction, the flow of the patient, really the the patient flow starting before they even get to your practice, right? How do they interact with the practice? How do they fill out all their forms? Is it they have to get there early so that they can jot down all this stuff so that they can wait another 30 minutes after, you know, and then get, you know, pushed along and all this stuff. Is there a way for them to interact digitally? Is there a way to make their life better? And the more we can think about putting dollars into the patient experience, because this is such a personal industry, referrals, in my mind, patient referrals will always be, you know, certainly primary care and pediatrics and things like that, will be the number one source of quality referrals, quality leads into the, into the practice. And we don't spend enough time. And so, you know, back to the story where there was three or four or $5,000 a month being spent on radio ads. But the front office person was turning over every three or four months because of lack of training, because of all this stuff. So we spent all this money trying to get people in the door to have a really inconsistent and not that amazing experience. 
Right. And you got to scratch your head to say, well, wait a minute. If, if you spent the three or $4,000, you could hire two front desk people and could have just made, you know, those patients' experiences so much better. Yeah. And that right there then, you know, turns that patient into a raving fan. And, you know, word spreads very fast. I think you have to, to view your marketing activities as whatever, however much time, money, and effort I spend on outward promotion, I should be spending equal parts on the patient experience because you're totally right. You can, you can do all the activity in the world. And if that parent, that patient comes to the clinic and has a terrible experience, you know, they're going to turn around all the money that you spent to get them in the door. They're going to turn around and leave a bad review, or they're not going to come back, or they're going to tell a friend that they, you know, they, they just had a bad experience and they're switching somewhere else. You have to pay equal parts attention to the experience as anything else that you're doing. Right. Absolutely. And I'd say almost more so, you know, I think our industry doesn't do enough in that regard. And I think there's plenty of dollars that, that get spent on marketing that could be turned in internal. And, you know, there, there is a, Something I've referenced for a long, long time, and this is a study that was done, you know, let's just say a long time ago, so so we don't date ourselves here. But, you know, essentially there was two businesses, and this is just, you know, out in the business world, but two businesses, and they were basically given a budget that say, hey, look, here's some dollars, business A's, use those dollars to market externally and mm-hmm. spend money on that. And then the business B's chose to use all those funds to better service their clients. And business A barely grew, they, you know, 5%, but Business B grew exponentially because mm-hmm. it turns out if you wow your clients, your patients, your customers, they're going to in turn be your sales force. And there's a lot more of them than there are of you. And so yeah. really leveraging that and thinking through, you know, maybe it's not so much about how many mailers you can put out there or how many doors you can knock on, but really thinking about how much can I delight this next patient that comes through the door. And if I have to spend a little bit more money doing that, Think of it as, as the marketing budget, that you're actually using some of that marketing budget and bring it into more people-centric. If I was a physician, Jay, and you were, we were sitting across from each other, I'm like, okay, great. I'm sold on this idea. Tell me what to do. Where, what should I spend money on? Just teach me. I'm all in. What do I do? Well, I love that you asked, Jesse, because here we go. And, and I can't tell you everything here, but, but this is where I would start, Jesse. This is really where I'd start. I'd, I would then say what we should probably do is begin to understand how our patient experience is. And so mm-hmm. let's kind of walk through that and document it and get some feedback and not only from active patients, but let's try if it's a family member of, of one of, you know, staff or, or of you, the administrator, let's do, you know, a secret patient walkthrough and get some real feedback. And then from that say, hey, here are some areas that we could do so much better. Mm-hmm. And I think, the, you know, fortunately, we've all had experiences that, far, you know, outshined others. And so once we have this list of, hey, we do really well here, or, or here's a gap, we can move forward. Dentistry does an amazing job at this, right? You go to your dentist, if you go to a de- dentist that cares, or not say cares, most dentists care, but they care about the patient experience. The moment you open that door, Jay, how you doing? You know, it's, it's been six months. Great to see you. You know, is there anything going on? Can I get you, you know, some water? Yeah. And that's, you know, certainly it's like, you know, this is my home. And mm-hmm. it starts out well, rather than, you know, sitting down and, you know, maybe getting called on or, or whatever, or you have to come up to the counter to say, hey, I'm here. All that stuff just goes into how I feel connected with this clinic. And so really, I think that's the place to start is really document and literally put yourself in your patient's shoes yeah. and walk through that. 
And then just think, think back again, what you're doing is you're connecting what your, you know, that patient persona is to your experience. So in your case, you're going to say, Hey, would a busy mom, is it feasible for her to come in 15 minutes early to fill out all this paperwork? No, that's a really bad experience. And then to sit there on the couch with two kids trying yeah. to fill out papers. I mean, totally. it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. And, and here's here's how it goes down. You know, I know. Kids are great for about 20 minutes, maybe maybe that's 25. And so you get there a little early, you get roomed, and then right when the doc comes, which is about the 20 or 30 minute mark, kids are jumping off the walls, mm-hmm. right? And then what happens a lot of times is all the things that you wanted to ask, you're so just, you know, out of sorts. So you don't even ask what you wanted to ask because it's just, you know, it's go time. Your yeah. kids are like, I want to get out of this place. So then the quality of the visit, you just feel like you, you get out of there. You're like, what did I even, I didn't yeah. get to ask any of my questions. I didn't do anything. What did I accomplish there? <laughs> right. And so now it's trying to then, you know, say, obviously there's constraints about patient flow and being productive, but then just, you know, how can we better support the needs of our patients? of the patient that we really, really want to attract. And to your point, it's not that because we want the mother that's 30 to 40 that has three kids, we don't want anyone else. But we have to be, we have to choose wisely about the dollars and the things we spend and the energy we Mm -hmm. spend to who we want to attract. Because it's okay not to be the greatest fit for everybody. Yeah. Much better to be the greatest fit for specific group. From a practice manager's point of view, you know, I think there are three things you can do to start gathering gathering information on the patient experience. Like mm-hmm. that's the first thing you have to do. You have to inform yourself, right? You can't just go at this and start throwing money after you know everything and anything. Again, you know, being well informed of your patient experience before you start brainstorming is probably the best place to start. So you know, we have a patient satisfaction survey. I know that may sound cliche, but we get great data from it and lots of people respond to it. So we pull that, you know, we pull our Google reviews and, and we see what people are saying and we, we pick up on themes. We pick up on that our clinic is clean, our people are happy and helpful and love how attentive and caring our providers are, you know, so that we pick up on those themes. Um, we even pick up on the bad ones. Hey, you know, it took a while to get back there and it's worth the wait, but dang, you know, 45 minutes waiting for the dog, you know, like that pops up every once in a while. So there's area number one, going and seeing where your, your patients have, have actually given you written feedback. It is always helpful to get firsthand feedback. So sitting, sitting out in the lobby and, and just observing, what's the, the connection like when they first walk in? How long are they sitting there? What are they doing while they're sitting there? What are they between us and, and you know, what they choose to be on, whether they're on their phones or they're having to fill out paperwork, observing it in the back and seeing how that works. Just getting your own personal observations is is helpful. And then finally, ask your team. You know, it doesn't have to be some sort of flavor of the week. Okay, you know, this week we're going to work on wowing our customers. You know, you can go to your medical assistant saying, hey, what are one or, you know, one or two things that if we just tweaked a little bit or did a little different, would just make a world of difference for the people that, you know, for that, that patient that just came through. They'll give you ideas most of the time. and They're really good ones. So that's, that, if you're asking for a place to start, I think that that's where you go. Patient feedback, personal observation, and employee ideas. Good point. You know, the employee ideas, it's certainly, you know, the, the MAs that, that are interacting with these patients kind of in that in-between time that are getting that feedback, right? And certainly probably hear the frustrations a little bit more. And, you know, yeah, in, in maybe even a quick call from the front desk to a patient or two that, that has left and said, hey, you yeah. know, we want to make your experience better. Anything we can do better? And yeah. how much, you know, how far that would go, you know, I think right. is incredible. Before we wrap up here, I, you know, I throw out one more idea that, that we're testing right now. 
and we've got a couple of practices that are just starting up. So there's capacity. And what we're experimenting with is, you know, really trying to understand, especially in this pandemic world we're currently living in, where access to care is actually even worse than it was just because of the limited hours and staffing concerns just in in a lot of, you know, primary care clinics. And so, you know, we're starting to advertise in the sense that, you know, we have same day appointments and trying to feed off of the constraint that the patients are having when they're trying to find a place to to get seen, medical care. And so, you know, we're about a week or two weeks into that. And so far, you know, we've spent a couple hundred dollars on ads, you know, mostly Mm -hmm. on Facebook, some social media kind of um, push there. And we've got a handful of, of patients already. And so, you know, another just tool is to think about the lifetime value of your patient mm-hmm. and primary care. Let's just say it's, you know, five or $6,000. And I think that's actually pretty low. And so this is just something just off the cuff here, five to $6,000. So, you know, obviously you have to bake in all your costs and everything. So really what's your profit from that? And let's just say it's $3,000. Mm-hmm. Then you can analyze and say, well, how much am I willing to spend to convert a patient? And what I'm getting at is that you probably spend a little bit more than you think to earn that profit. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to experiment because in a situation where you need the growth, you have a provider that's not a capacity and the difference between getting a patient that you're going to see for the next three, four, five, 10 years, that's significant long-term cash flow. And so that investment today certainly is going to pay off down the road. I think that a key thing to remember to, to build off of that is, you know, we talked about in the beginning, building your your target market or your your patient persona and then going off of that and experimenting. That to me is almost part of the definition of marketing is just experimentation and and not just going out and throwing a shotgun like, okay, we're going to do radio ads and I'm going to send out a mailer. I'm going to invest $3,000 in Google ads and Facebook, boosting Facebook posts, you know, going out there and picking one activity and trying it. And, and you, you just pull one lever at a time. You have something that you're measuring that you're trying to tie it back to and just see what works. You got plenty of time. Hopefully you're going to be in business longer than, you know, this isn't, you know, your business is going to close down next month. You're, you're planning on being there for the long run. Taking your time and experimenting with different activities and just seeing what works and what doesn't is, is really the only way of figuring out what works for your unique clinic. There isn't a textbook that's going to come out and say, this is the perfect list of marketing activities for the OBGYN practice in, in Rexburg, Idaho. Everybody's unique and you got to experiment a little bit and, and be okay doing that. Learn from it. Which leads to, you know, measuring where patients come from. And if you guys aren't doing that already, certainly in, you know, your EMR and you need a place. Let let me tell you, we we started doing it like three months ago. Yeah. And going through the data and figuring out where they were all coming from, half were word of mouth from friends. Absolutely. Uh, Half. And and that blew blew my mind and, and just emphasized how much more we needed to invest in the patient experience, like what we were talking about earlier. But then there were some unique ones, like they, they, they drove by and saw us because we're in, we built in a kind of high traffic area with a lot of housing neighborhoods and stuff like that, you know, made us start to think, okay, maybe we should be thinking a little bit more about signage and maybe figuring out what might catch somebody's eye in these high traffic areas as they're passing by. But it, that data was super helpful in knowing which OBGYN practices were referring to us. Half of our patients were coming from word of mouth. So patient experience and, and referrals. Yeah. You got to get good information. Like you got to track saying. it. And you get, you know, you need the baseline. And I think it's very important because if you don't have at least some data before, then how do you know if the initiative that you're spending good money on is actually making a difference? Mm-hmm. And so it's really important to get that going 
and then add on to say, you know, by doing this, did it change my real desire, which is getting more patients in the door. Right, right. Awesome. Jesse, this has been awesome. I've had a ton of fun here talking about marketing. I think I think, and I hope that our listeners are, are going to take away some, some good nuggets here. And so, Jesse, thank you for hanging out. Thanks for the chance to chat about that. Always. Always a chance. Thank you all for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Jesse. For the show notes, transcripts, and material from the show, and everything else MedMan does, head over to our website at medman.com. And remember, we'll be here twice a week sharing insights, ideas, and tools to help you level up your practice. Thanks again for joining us today. Thanks for tuning into the MedMan podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's featured guest. For the show notes, transcripts, resources, and everything else MedMan does to help you level up, be sure to visit us at medman.com. Thank you.